Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Adapt This, a DC Animated Universe podcast. And yes, I practice that very heavily. This episode, I'm joined by TV's Casey. TV's Casey chose Earth 2, and the movie that goes with it is Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, which is actually really funny that this is the first episode and not the second episode. Anyways, just a brief history lesson for those of you who don't know, JLA Earth 2, which is the graphic novel counterpart to this movie, uh, was written by Grant Morrison and illustrated by Frank Quietly back in 2000. Justice League Crisis on Two Earths was actually directed by Sam Liu and Lauren Montgomery, produced by Bruce Tim, Alan Burnett, and Sam Register, and was written by Dwayne McDuffie. The movie stars William Baldwin, Mark Harmon, Chris Noth, Gina Torres, James Woods, Josh Keaton, Vanessa Marshall, Noel North, among many others. I know we had a blast recording this. I hope you have just as much fun listening to it. Anyways, let's cue up that theme song and let's take a trip to Earth 2. Hello, Casey. Hey, Greg. So thank you for coming on the show. One of our first uh, guests to be uh, really inducted into the Adapt This history books. You know, in the future, uh, 200, 300, uh, maybe longer, depending the staying power of this podcast in the future, where they will be listening to this for uh, historical references. They'll know that you're one of the first. So thank you. In the 31st century. In the 31st century. When one of your descendants is working as a janitor in a superhero (laughs) podcast museum. So, um, Casey, people probably have heard your voice and are thinking, man, this sounds really familiar. He sounds familiar. I can't place my finger on where. Uh, Why don't you tell the wonderful people at home where they have heard you before? You have heard me regularly on the Bad Coyote Funky podcast with your host truly. That's me. Booster Greg. That's me. Uh, we've been doing it since 2015. As of this recording, we just hit about 180 episodes. Jeez. that's That still baffles me. That's a long time. It's a very long time. It's a long time. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a good ride. We're still doing it. And, you know, but some of us got to spread our wings, branch out, do other independent projects to show our fandom. Because Lord knows... We don't talk enough about comic book stuff. We absolutely don't. On that show. We did once upon a time. We did. We yeah. So that here we are. Alas. Adapt this. Adapt this. A DC animated universe podcast. It's a really long title. We'll workshop it. <laughs> workshop it. Already- <laughs> and by we, I mean you. It's already done. That's already cemented. The, the feed's it. already up. The teaser we, trailer is up. We made the logo. It's fine. It's <laughs> finished. Lord knows we can't open up that PSD again. Awesome. Great. So for those of you at home who don't know is I like to have on a different co-host and I actually have a list of DC animated movies for my wonderful co-hosts to choose from with a description. So whether they've seen it before or not, it's completely up to them. I can't say no. I can't um, erase it from existence. I have to go with it, as you will learn with this particular 
episode. Um, so Casey, what did you choose? For this episode, for your viewing and reading pleasure, we've got the film Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, based primarily on the comic JLA Earth 2 by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely. Mm, awesome. And why did you choose this? You know me. Mm. I love a good alternate universe story. I love seeing twists and turns and versions of characters, whether they're good guys turn bad guys or bad guys turn good guys or slightly different things about their origins. A good clash of worlds colliding, man. I'm here for it. That's the kind of stories I love in DC, as you well know, between multiversal reboots every 10 years or so. They've got a lot of them. It's true. They do. They got a lot. I mean, I I really just love both stories. I love the story in the film, and I love the story in the comic, and I, I think that there's a lot to draw from mm-hmm. there. Uh, I think a lot of what makes the movie great is that it's also written by a comic book writer who has done a lot of Justice League stuff. He's done a lot of animated Justice League stuff. I think he's done a lot of the adaptations, too, if I'm not Yeah, mistaken. the late, great Dwayne McDuffie. Yeah, good, good dude. Yeah. Good dude. Yeah. Uh. Cool. So let's go ahead. We're going to start with the book and then we're going to um, kind of go after that into the movie. So okay. and then this is the way that I think really anyone should be be doing the orders of operations, if you will. If you're going to watch an animated movie, um, at least personally, I highly recommend that you read the source material first. Um, it's not going to really spoil anything because usually it's pretty different enough, but you're going to get a good idea of what you're getting into. And you're going to have a decent standard to hold it to. And you get to be one of those people that goes, well, the book was was better. (laughs) This was different in the original material. (laughs) I don't care for it. You can literally be that guy. Yeah, you can be. Who goes out of every comic book movie and is like, that isn't how it works. Mm. And if you do that, you can buy the official Adapt This That Guy t-shirt. That doesn't exist yet, but it might in the future. It just might. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. But anyways, uh, so so we have um, Earth 2 by Grant Morrison, drawn by Frank Quietly. As you, That's right. This is actually the first Frank Quietly drawn book that I remember reading. Okay. And I remember kind of thinking, because when I was started really heavily getting into comic books, Ed McGinnis was kind of like my dude. He was draw- well, yeah. He would have been drawing action comics at the time, right? So like Emperor Joker and all that Imperiex stuff. Yeah, and that was Doughy Superman, uh, which was actually my favorite because it was just over the top ridiculous, and his his Clark did look a lot different than his Superman, just from the way his body was to his um, facial structures and all that. So when I saw this, like I was kind of like, yeah, it seems kind of familiar, but it was definitely a lot different. I remember seeing different promos from um when quietly did x-men but i never really read those yeah his work on new x-men was kind of spotty he missed a couple of deadlines there were a couple of rotating artists mm. uh ethan van skyver did some work on new x-men at the same time guys like igor cordy mm. phil jimenez was mixed in there yeah it was you know not very consistent <laughs> fair fair it was not uh anyway. but he, you know on that he, he brought us like all that crazy cassandra nova stuff so that's a that's another landmark kind of a run oh yeah that's true he's got a lot of things under his belt Clay. he does he did he's been around for Fle- a while flex mentalo mm. um he did a couple of authority issues that mm. i remember yeah for sure all-star superman all-star superman mm. which might very well be on another episode of this show yeah, i may or may not be i will never neither confirm 
conform. Confirm nor deny. <laughs> You'll never conform, never conform. But you refuse to confirm or deny. <laughs> All right. Anyways, Earth 2. Anyway. Uh, so Earth 2, we have a story where actually it starts off pretty, pretty interesting. Um, it starts off essentially with Lex Luthor as the hero of and he gets he steals superman's origin does he yeah he's ejected from oh yeah a planet <laughs> totally. in a spaceship he lands in a cornfield oh it's so great so yeah so here's here's the intro right we kind of go in we're on like this evil looking watchtower and they're talking about someone has escaped so we go to the cornfield and we see two, uh, a couple, a man and a woman, kind of rush towards a crashing spaceship. And the next like panel is that very familiar power suit that Lex is wearing, which I hate but love at the same time. I hate. It's so ridiculous. It's so he has ridiculous. Nothing to protect his face. There's like no. There's the color of his palette is weird. It's like it's just terrible. But. Uh, It's iconic, which is what counts. Lex comes up and they go, oh, like, you know, are you are you a human? Are you a person? He goes, I'm Lex Luthor, as he as he does in his Lex Luthor way. You are human. I I am Lex. I am Luthor. It's great. So then we get a glimpse of the Justice League and the Justice League in this book at this time is Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern. In his original costume. In his original crab mask costume that I we, love. We stand one crab mask. I love it. Uh, Martian Manhunter. And uh, I believe it's Wally West Flash because Barry would still be dead at this point. It is. It is Wally. And did you say Aquaman? Oh, and Aquaman. I did not yeah. say Aquaman. But Aquaman is there too at the towards the end. So Wonder Woman jumps on the plane. They're all trying to stop it from coming down. They ended up taking apart in pieces. And... Once they get the crew and the passengers settled, the Flash realizes everyone's dead. And he actually takes out a guy's wallet and sees that the $1 bill has not George Washington, but Benedict Arnold on it. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. They also find out that their hearts are on the opposite side. So they are on the right side, not the left side. Or some might say the wrong side. hilarious um and the plane itself has a burning cross icon on the tail with kkk southern there's a lot of uh a lot of interesting little little details there yeah oh yeah i mean this is something that's i think is particularly great about grant morrison is he's always been a person about the character and the details and I think that is, and we'll talk about it a little later, but I think that is what is lost in the movie adaptation, is those smaller details. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we go to uh, Lex Luthor impersonating as evil Lex Luthor or the Earth. They call this Earth 2. It's going to be confusing. I'm going to call it Earth 1. Lex Luthor. Yeah, the funny the funny thing about the, the reality numbering is at 2005... They're, it's not consistent. They, it's not. Well, they haven't done Infinite Crisis yet, so they haven't renumbered all the Earths. Mm. So back back in the day before 1986, yeah, the antimatter universe with the bad guy version of the Justice League, aka the Crime Syndicate, mm-hmm. as we will come to know in this book, was Earth three. Mm-hmm. And here they're from an antimatter universe, which doesn't have a number, right? But there's also, as far as we know, no multiverse to speak of. Well, and the, the funny thing is about this, too, is Lex Luthor from this antimatter universe 
is the first one to jump from universe to universe. So he right. numbers their Earth, Earth 2, which we know or we would think is Earth 1. Because to him, it's not Earth 1. It's You get you get this very Futurama situation yeah. where it's like, you guys be Earth 1 and we'll be Earth A. <laughs> it's like, okay, fine. It's great. It's wonderful. Um, Lex kind of in, infiltrates his uh, counterpart's tower. He's apparently kidnapped him and locked him up somewhere. It's great. It's wonderful. And he he gives away pretty much all of his money. He gives everyone a 300% raise. He um, tries he calls he hacks the JLA watchtower computer so the JLA will pretty much find him. And he has this ridiculous desk. I love this desk. It's like a giant sequoia tree. It's that's so- like cut it's like cut open with nothing on it. Yeah, and his his office is gigantic, and there's there's like one bust. Yeah, that talks in to the him. entire office. Yeah, so the Justice League finds him, and he starts telling them he's from a different Earth, uh, where he's from. There's something called the Crime Syndicate, which is the evil Justice League, essentially, uh, an antimatter version of them, a shadow version of them, if you will. So he eventually enlists their help. And we get a glimpse of exactly what the crime syndicate does on the next pages. And it's awesome because all they do is just mess with people and watch them like kill each other. Yeah. They, if Superman is about truth, justice in the American way, Ultraman here is about hopelessness, lies and self-interest. It's great. So like the first thing that we really see them do is they get a whole bunch of counterfeit bills and just spread them from space essentially or like as close to space as it'll get without burning up into the atmosphere and then they go they're just gonna kill each other for all this money and then their economy's gonna crash because it's all counterfeit it's great what yeah. one guy figures it out before like this plan can come to fruition and ultraman just heat blasts him from the heavens essentially it's it's great he does this a couple of times through like every time that you see him yeah it's it's He's just like, he's like his own kill satellite. It's wonderful. He just lasers people from the sky. It's horrifying. And he and his line is too, he goes, big brother is watching you. It's great. It's the panel is, is also framed in around his eyes. So it's almost like and, that and they're famous like, propaganda poster. Yeah. And they're like singeing a little bit. Oh, it's good. Which is the, so the, cool. The detail here is, is great. Oh, yeah. I mean, quietly does an amazing job on these. Like he never really skimps. In my opinion, like everyone has an expression. The expressions are all different. No one is really wearing the same clothes either. It would be very easy just to get like a whole bunch of nameless nobodies and just kind of like kind of like what Pixar does a little bit where it's just like background people. They have their 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 stock background. people. Yeah, like he doesn't really have that. We kind of go through a little bit more. There's like a little bit of a back and forth with the Justice League on if they're going to help Lex or if they're not. Batman really doesn't want to. Eventually, what happens is I believe it's what Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman and Flash. Well, it's all the people who and, have counterparts. Yeah. And Green Lantern. Yeah. Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, Flash and Lex all end up going to the evil Earth, the antimatter Earth. Uh with Aquaman and Martian Manhunter staying behind. Yeah. That way the world isn't left unprotected without the League. Mm, some good good to see the left, their powerhouses back to protect their home. Um, Martian Manhunter is conceivably the strongest member of the Justice with League. With the most common weakness. 
Listen. Fire. Book, a book of matches. <laughs> You'll do that on another episode. I can't wait. That's such a good one. Look at this. Look at this episode. We're just teasing We're just all the greatness that's to come. Everything that's coming up. Or has come. So here, here's this next kind of glimpse that we get into the antimatter Earth is what I really like. You have who you would assume be Commissioner Gordon on a roof with a megaphone kind of yelling at owl man yeah, yeah. He's, he's like come out of there owl man we got your calling card i don't need to do oh, your yeah. nonsense yeah and i it's funny because me reading this kind of after the fact i see an owl logo in a batman comic and i immediately assume court of owls yeah and it's very similar like that aesthetic it just has the ears the two eyes and the little nose yeah dip. it's very interesting uh we learn that this is actually thomas wayne as, as the commissioner, the commissioner, because I have to be more specific with that. Yes, um, and Owlman is not a fan of him. At oh, he all. isn't. And we learn this because in this Earth, and we're gonna just gonna jump back and forth. In, oh yeah, in this Earth, the Waynes didn't die in that alleyway. There was actually Bruce Wayne, his brother Thomas Wayne, his Thomas Wayne Jr. Junior, sorry, his father Tom. Thomas Wayne and his mother, who we all know is named is Martha Wayne. Why did you say that name? Martha. So in this world, in the antimatter world, Bruce and Martha are dead, leaving Thomas Wayne and Thomas Wayne Jr. around. And Thomas Wayne Jr. is Owlman, who is just a ruthless, ruthless version of Batman. Like he cuts up his own father's face like he is not a, a nice dude and, and just he, imagine if batman was on that like super focusing adhd medication all the time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah what how do they describe it his, his super cortex oh i don't remember or something yeah he's definitely operating on a level that's sort of above batman because yeah. he's not against using guns mm -mm. killing people he incinerates people cheating in a fight Although I guess Batman kind of cheats, but this is, it's different. Grabbing, uh, smooching Ultraman's woman. Yeah. Yeah. Who we actually learn is actually Lois Lane. So there's th some, there's some infidelity on this team. So we should talk about who the crime syndicate are. The crime okay. syndicate we have are Owlman, who's the, well, I'm not going to tell you who the other version is because you, you're all smart out there and I'm sure you'll figure yeah. it out. You have Owlman. And you could always look at the cover of the book. It's true. It's true. There's a nice little reflection. So you have Owlman, you have Superwoman, you have Ultraman, you have Johnny Quick, and you have Powering. The one thing that I will say I really enjoy the most out of the crime syndicate is are the personalities of Johnny Quick and of Powering. Oh, yeah, because they're the two guys who are always left like, there's the Trinity, yeah. and then there's us kind of. <laughs> they just hang out. We got a share of the table, but you know, yeah, they're just kind of there, and they're always buddying around. It's just, it's just like Green Lantern and Flash. It is, but like you're, it's, you're brave and the bold. It's, it's not just that too, but it's kind of how their powers are. Because for the most part, Owlman is very similar to Batman in terms of he's a dude that's just like super smart and super focused, but to another degree. Casey, why don't you tell the people at home Ultraman's origin? So Ultraman, I believe, is. He's a former fighter pilot named yeah. Clark Kent who was abducted by aliens that had no idea what they were doing. So he was abducted by aliens, cut into pieces, mm -hmm. then reassembled back as this like super powered monster of a man who gets his power 
from absorbing anti-kryptonite radiation. Much different than what we know for Superman. Yeah, you have to think of it. So since the antimatter universe has all of its history kind of backwards, like President John Wilkes Booth was killed by the assassin Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And they have God below and mammoth in heaven. Like it's it's confusing. Well, not confusing, but it's just everything is sort of turned on its head. So Superman's origin of being a a baby that is was taken was sent away from a dying world to live on Earth and becomes Earth's greatest champion. Ultraman is a man on Earth stolen away by aliens. Yeah. And given powers to become its greatest Con- evil. Conqueror evil. Greatest conqueror. Yeah. yeah. What what have you. You have Superwoman who's really Lois Lane, who's yep. the counterpart to Wonder Woman. She has the lasso of domination. <laughs> that instead of forcing you to tell the truth makes you give in to your inhibitions. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you also have Powering and you have Johnny Quick. And I don't think you really go into their uh, origins too, too much. What you I will say about Johnny Quick is he gets his speed from a bottle, literally. He has yeah. to. It's like heroin for him. If yeah, he doesn't. It's, it's, a, it's a formula that's made out of like radioactive mongoose blood is crazy so if he doesn't have it he slows down like beyond what he normally would if he was a normal person and he can't handle it so he's a he's a big time junkie oh yeah oh like they they don't they do the whole tie off your bicep thing yeah yeah this doesn't pull any punches uh and powering's gimmick is that instead of being given a ring by you know the Green Lantern Corps, where he's chosen for having great will, mm-hmm. he was tricked into putting on this sort of cursed artifact. Mm-hmm. His ring talks, so he, instead of his ring doing what he wants, like he kind of does what the ring wants, more or less. It seems he's a like. vessel. Yeah, he is, which is which is like kind of cool. And he's got like that blonde like buzz cut kind of thing going on. He's a real douche, and he has the crab mask too. But like. Well, it's more like a Judge Dread mask. Is yeah, what I it's would got say. a little visor on it. All the costume designs are great, though. Oh yeah, no, I love all. A- of them. I think Owlman is probably the best. It's the most iconic for sure. Yeah, his cape is segmented like feathers. Yeah, and it's like steel or something. It looks like which, if Greg and I both draw a little bit in our spare time, yeah. we're by no means professionals. No, but not, not even close. trying to draw Owlman's cape has got to be. A nightmare. It's gonna suck. It's, so it's much just detail. you have to think in three dimensions. It's got layers to uh-huh. it. It's got like thickness. Makes you wish for the old Batman cowl. Yeah, you you might you might wish. So the Justice League goes to the antimatter Earth. They already make a scene within seconds of being there. Batman makes himself being known. It just kind of really escalates all. From he has there. a really uncomfortable chat with his, with his parallel father. universe father. Yeah. Yeah, it it's really escalates from there to the point where they have a plan. All Lex needs is 48 hours of the Justice League's time. That's it, to win. That's all he needs is two days. So their big plan is to have Green Lantern Kyle Rayner trap them on the moon and put, like, giant hands, green hands over it and hold them there. What you don't realize, and this is what I love about this book, this detail that we find out much later. This is the antimatter Earth. Everything is the opposite than the non-antimatter Earth, than the matter Earth, right? On the matter Earth, the good guys always win. On the antimatter Earth, 
the bad guys always win. So no matter what happens, it seems like reality will warp itself to let one thing happen or the other. There's a very delicate balance yeah. between the antimatter Earth and the regular Earth. Um, and there's even more that isn't explored in this story. Yeah. Well, like what? Uh, there's a, there's a, we, we could probably talk about this, but there's a, another story that was written as kind of a follow-up called Syndicate Rules. Oh, I remember this, yeah. And it was written at a time where Jon Stewart was the Green Lantern of the JLA. Mm-hmm. So the the crux of the story begins with the Syndicate realizing that their Earth is constantly being reshaped because they're not, in our world, they're not being featured in as many stories as the regular Justice League. Right, right. So every time the Justice League do something, their world has to change to accommodate <laughs> because they're having more adventures that we're reading. Yep. <laughs> so one day they just wake up and powering is a black guy and they're like, what the, f- what's going on? <laughs> like, you're not powering. And he's like, no, yeah, I, I totally am. And I have all these memories of things that definitely happened. And then, you know, yeah. then they pick a fight, blah, 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 whole, whole nother tale. Yeah. But oh, the, the the cleverness of of how Grant Morrison set up this universe and its rules, yeah, you know, rules being in big quotes, right, right, obviously because you know there writers no make rules. mistakes. It's not always consistent, but it's a cool baseline, yeah, for how it functions. Yeah. So Owlman figures this out. So essentially, they're all trapped on the moon. Everyone's freaking out. Justice League is doing good on the Earth, and uh, Owlman's just cool as a cucumber. Ultraman flips out because Wonder Woman makes this big announcement on the crime syndicate's television. Yep. That's like, oh, we're we're here to help. We may look like the people that you're terrified of, but we're going to bring justice to your world and set you free. Yeah. And then Alexander Luthor shows up in front of Ultraman and he's like, he's like, oh, I found great versions of you and I'm going to rub it in your stupid, ugly face. And that's the big thing about this Lex as well. He doesn't go by Lex. He goes by Alexander. That's right. Which is another little detail that I like. Um, but they're all freaking out on the moon. Owlman's cool as a cucumber. And he goes, guys, it's fine. On our Earth, we always win. And also, these universes seem to be balanced. So if they're here, we can't be here too. So, and they disappear. And where do they go? Our Earth. Our Earth. <laughs> And just, but just the smug look, yeah, on Owlman's face where he's just looking at his watch and just drinking a beer. That's so good. He's like, "Yep, I'm sure your plan is totally foolproof, Lex. There's no way yeah. anything could possibly go wrong." I didn't notice that beer before. Yeah, it's right on the table there. Yeah, that's funny. It's good. It's real good. It's really good. Yeah. Eventually, all the good that they're the Justice League is doing on the antimatter Earth just unravels because that can't happen on this Earth. No matter what, if you give someone a dollar, someone's going to punch that guy to get that dollar. Like, no yeah. good deed goes unpunished on this Earth. The, it comes to light in a particularly great sequence where Batman is helping Commissioner Wayne sort of take back City Hall mm-hmm. from cor- from corrupt Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which which is great and he look he's like what an ugly like venomous he, he, looking man he looks like the penguin kind of but he kind of does without like, the he's facial all bloated yeah, and he's, he's balding short, yeah so they take so he the gotham city police department takes over city hall and batman's like he saves his life and he's like people should be more careful with guns and he's like here's all the tools you need to make a better city 
And immediately, Wayne is like, I'm going to put a wall around the city, make it self-sufficient. And anyone who doesn't like it gets a bullet in the face. So good. <laughs> and also, I'm going to keep working with Owlman. And Batman's just like, okay. <laughs> this was a mistake. <laughs> it's so good. It's just like everything gets turned on its head. Meanwhile, you have the crime, crime syndicate on the Matter Earth just like wreaking havoc. In 10 minutes. It's, it's ridiculous. They're gone. They're over there for 10 minutes, and the Capitol building in all of Washington is destroyed. The president is in the lasso of domination. Like, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's real bad. I, I, I love it. Um, and poor Aquaman and Martian Manhunter are just, like, trying to keep up with it all. This is this is really our first like big fight sequence too. It really is, yeah. Like I'm, I, we're kind of brushing through it, but this we're, is we're like, sixty seven pages in. Yep. There's been basically no conflict directly between the crime syndicate and the league. Yep. And Aquaman steps up. He hooks Power Ring in the arm and just this, knocks him out in one punch. This is my favorite version of Aquaman too. By the way, it's it's like the long hair, the beard, like the missing hand, kind of like he looks like Captain Ahab. If he was a superhero, yeah, kind of deal. Like that's my absolute favorite. This is also just a, a little bit before he would eventually get that magic water hand. I hate that magic water thing. Hand. And he yeah, and he gets great. a haircut and he shaves. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. March Manhunter actually ends up getting the better of Ultraman because he's been separated from his antimatter kryptonite. Isn't that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, his antimatter kryptonite for too long, so he's kind of getting weaker and weaker. S- Superwoman tries to put the moves on Martian Manhunter. Doesn't She's really just like, work. I'll try anything once. <laughs> and he's like, you you're, are you're not my the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> she is. She's like pretty gross. Like I like she like her the way she's physically drawn is meant to be very attractive. But her like personality is just and her hairdo is just god awful. And actually the scene where she's trying to seduce him, she kind of looks like Granny Goodness a little bit, actually. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah. A little gross. Yeah, a little bit. Whatever. So eventually our heroes kind of, they end up going back. But I think right before they do, the real villain of the story makes himself known. Yes. Brainiac, who all this time we thought has just been this browbeaten lackey of Ultraman, Mm -hmm. who is like, oh, hey, I've actually been masterminding everything all along. Hmm. And, yep, now I'm just going to destroy everything and collide your two Earths together. (laughs) It's like I'm sick of I'm sick of being a whelp. I've been sentient for weeks now. Mm -hmm. Everything will die. Yeah. And as I'm sure our readers are aware, because, you know, this. Oh, and he's not um, he's not a. a computer either, which is interesting on so, antimatter Earth. Bra- Brainy- Brainiac's plan is revealed. The the Justice League rush into the crime syndicate watchtower. Superman beats all the. He he actually he looks like Super Friends Brainiac. He actually does. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he, yeah. he's styled after like Super Friends Brainiac. So he's not like he's not a robot. Yeah. But then, Superman's like my code doesn't extend to killing to killing machines, Brainiac. And then Brainiac's like, oh. But I'm not a machine. I'm some creepy looking alien. It, so like his, his alien thing, thing. Just for those at home, if you don't, if you don't have the book in front of you, I'm gonna do my best. Let's do this. I'm gonna do my best to describe it, and then Casey, you're gonna do your best to describe it. Okay. Okay. Um, he looks like the sperm of Predator 
and the Crypt Keeper combined. Okay. That's what I'm going with. Like he's got like so the head looks like an old predator and then he's got this little like sperm tail. He's got a nice little old man face. Yeah. 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 You go. All right. I'm I'm going with you sever the predator's head. Okay. And then it's it's combined with the face of the Cloverfield monster. Okay. Yeah. Cuz he's got the head lumps. Oh yeah, he does. He's got the he head lumps. Those, he has those little those little sacks, those yeah. side lumps. His eyes are really sunken in. Yeah. Yeah. I think it that's that's at least what I thought. Yeah. I mean, na- reading it now, of course, when I read this god 15 years ago. Yeah, I don't even remember when I first something, read this. Something like that. When did this when did this book come out? So, this book was actually 2001? Was, was it really? 2000? Well, what's long can I? I definitely didn't read it when it came out. I didn't either. I I ended up reading a trade of it much later. Yeah, two thousand. Wow, this book is almost twenty years old. That's crazy. We're so old. Yeah, that's crazy. We are. Yeah, we're real old. That's old. Anyway, anyways, uh, Superman can't bring himself to do it because mm. you know no kill rule, even yep. though two worlds are at stake. Yeah, stupid. This stupid. is at a time before Wonder Woman also was a killer. This is when she was still kind of truth, justice in the American way herself. Well, sure, she didn't, didn't. She doesn't do this for a couple of years now. Yeah, right. yeah, it's quite a while. Yeah. And then Ultraman swoops in. Yeah. And he just pops him like a grape and starts melting all of his brain parts off. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's the thing is they're like, well, we're losing on this earth. They're losing on that earth. So they essentially just go back to each other's earth and they start winning and they save the day. It's really... It's you would say it's almost cathartic, but it's like wait, but the bad guys save the day. Yeah, which makes sense in a story like this. It really does. It's it's so like well written and well thought out. Just like the little details, the intricacies, like the fact that like people actually like being miserable on the antimatter Earth. Like that's they need that. That's their it's their status quo. Yeah. Is everything being really shitty and full of despair. Yeah. So when you're reading these books right usually for me anyways i don't know if if this happens for you i like to try to think about what style of voices they're all in especially if i'm thinking about the animated movie and see how well they match up so what we're going to do we're not going to go through every character we're going to go through the main ones we're going to go through um superman batman wonder woman flash green lantern we're going to go through ultraman owlman superwoman johnny quick powering and of course lex so when you read Superman's lines, like what kind of voice are you thinking of? And you can reference like the the animated like sure. series as well. I I've watched all the DC animated universe just like you have. Yeah. So that's really the core Superman that's stuck in my brain. Newburn or Daily? Well, that's what I'm going to say yeah. is that there's kind of these subtle, there's little subtle tweaks between Tim Daly and George Newburn. Yeah. But I've watched Justice League more times than I've watched Superman the animated series. Okay. So I'm going to go with Newburn. Really? I'm daily. For Superman, yeah. Daily all the way. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. You gotta stick with my wings. Wings fam. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just think like could because I started with Superman the animated series. Uh that's just like it for me. And the I I could probably save you a bunch of time on this yeah. in that considering the Justice League is like six sevenths yeah. the the animated series one. Yeah. I that's all the voices I hear it in Lex Luthor, Clancy okay. Brown, like you know Fair. all of them. Fair. Kyle Rayner, yes. However, 
is is not Phil Lamar. <laughs> I actually gave Kyle him... Rayner wasn't Phil Lamar. Oh, you're talking no, here. yeah. But I'm well I'm saying is yeah. Green Lantern. Because he was in the animated series. Right. I actually don't know who voiced him. Wilf <laughs> Wilfred L, Terry McGinnis. Are you kidding me? No. I was just gonna say Wilfred L really? and Kyle Rayner. <laughs> I swear to God. That's awesome. Yeah, he he was in one episode and oh. it was voiced by Kyle. Uh, oh, the one Kyle where John Stewart's on trial, right? Yeah. And they're like, hey, why don't we just have Kyle take it? He's like, yeah, sure, Miss Earth. Yeah. It's like, shut up, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Kyle. Shut up. Um, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. No, no jokes. That's awesome. I absolutely. That's the voice I heard him in. So we have uh, Ultraman next. What okay. what kind of voice do you hear, first of all? I, well, it's, it's kind of a lame answer. Yeah. But it's the same voices, just with a darker twist. Like the Justice okay. Lords. Okay. Because they're mostly the same people, except Superwoman is Dana Delaney yeah. as Wonder Woman. Well, you know, trying to affect a Wonder Woman kind of cadence. Well, what about Johnny Quick and Powering? Because those are just so different visually for me. That yeah. John, well, the way that Johnny Quick talks, I actually... I, you remember the Micro Machines guy? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I read something that's done in that super speed where there's no breaks, because his speech bubbles are a mess. Yeah. They, they when he's not talking in super slow motion, they're a mess. It's so hard to read. Yeah. So uh, I believe John Mashita is his name. Okay. He he does like the voice of Blur on Transformers and stuff. Okay. He's, he's one of the world's fastest talkers. All right. So that. Yeah. Empowering. Empowering. Because I don't hear, like, I'll agree with Kyle Rayner with Will Friedel for sure, but I don't hear that for he's, him. He's a young guy. Yeah. Yeah. He just loves the whole superhero game, but he's still the, kind of green. The, the way, the, <laughs> you're funny. Um, the way he's written, too, is very much like that kind of, not like surfer dude, but close enough. You want to hear something? Yeah. I got something for you. I want to hear something. Eminem. Okay. Marshall Mathers himself. I, I don't know why. For powering, interesting. He's a little, he's a little bit thug. Yeah, he's a little uncouth. Okay, doesn't really give, give an F or an S or any of those. Okay, I could, I could see it. Okay, cool. By the way, we can totally swear if you want. Oh, okay. We are rated E for explicit. I just, you know, I know I've, I've slipped up a couple us. of times, but I, I should have asked you before. No, if we're it was good. family friendly. We're good. We're not. We're not family. I'm not family friendly. We're not family friendly <laughs> here, even though we're talking about comic books and cartoons. We have families and we're friendly. Yeah, but we are not that, family. That's friendly. about the extent of it. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'll agree with, with that. Like I hear Tim Daly. Um, I absolutely hear Kevin Conroy. Right. Like, I cannot read a Batman comic without hearing Kevin. I, I can. Voice. I can go now that there's been a couple different other voice actors out there. Like I can, if it's Bruce Greenwood, I can also hear that from time to time. Yeah. Um. But it is mostly Kevin Conroy because, you know, he is Batman. Listen, he's been doing it since, well, my gosh, it's 27 years now. He's the longest running actor to play Batman. My gosh. Yeah, that's great. Cool. So now we're going to, let's just seamlessly segue into my favorite bit that we're going to be doing in this show. <laughs> and this one, um, I asked Casey to pick, you know, like a couple pages from the comic. And we're going to go ahead and do a little voice acting for everyone. Please forgive. We are not trained professionals. We are not trained professionals, but we are available for hire by trained professionals. 
Just saying. So uh, I'll I'll set the scene real quick. So we're doing the scene that we we're talking about earlier, where Lex um, or Alexander Luthor infiltrates Lex's tower and is posing as him. So Casey will be like Alexander Luthor. I will be playing the tertiary characters. So I'll be um, the secretary. I'll be the computer. I will also be playing Superman. Okay. And that should be all of them. Yeah. And if not, I'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll get from there. All right. <clears throat> and go. Morning, Miss Tessmarker. I'd like you to cancel all of the appointments in my diary. But tell the president I love him very much. Palm and retinal scans. Identification positive. Luthor, comma, L. Mr. Wait. <clears throat> Mr. Luthor. <laughs> oh, man. That's a female secretary. It's a female secretary. Yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> My office is off limits to everyone but me today. I feel a brainwave or two coming in, and I intend to surf. Good morning, Einstein. Voice identification positive. Lex Luthor. Continue to search for gravitational anomalies. Keep trying to hack the JLA Watchtower computer. My counterpart almost escaped this morning. Re-encrypt the locks. We need him in there for another 48 hours. Also, I need hard copy. Everything we've got on the aircraft that reversed over this morning. Oh, and divert funding from our armaments division to... Let's make it Greenpeace this time. And all of our employees could do with a raise. 200%? Three. Finally, open a secure internet connection. Thank you, Einstein. Ah. Uh, uh. <clears throat> Open the window, Luthor. <laughs> that's that's your your Man of Steel. That's my Man of Krypton. Steel. That's my Man of Steel. Oh, great. Okay. Or if, or if you want me to do it a little more straight, I'll just say, "Open the window, Luthor." That's good. Okay. I'll play it straight. Come in. I was expecting you. Then I'm sure you know why we're here. Of course I do, which is more than you know about me. The aircraft had nothing to do with my arrival, at least not directly. I tried to help them. You look so like him, and yet... Oh, it's Martian Manhunter. Yeah, you do Martian Manhunter. <clears throat> do you want me to do Mike Tyson Martian Manhunter, or do you want me to do it straight? <laughs> let's hear mike tyson man hunter. i don't know if i can do mike tyson let's see mike tyson <laughs> can you see the unusual modifications this is really hard <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna die <laughs> and every eighth angstum in his dna he also has several sophisticated telepathic locks protecting his thoughts and <laughs> I'm not a lab rat. The Justice League. God below. My name is Alexander Luthor. I know what your name is, Lex, and I'm tired of your deceptions. 300 people are dead. What have you done this time, Luthor? Alexander Luthor, sir. And I am far, and I am from the far side of the mirror, Superman. My Earth orbits its star in a clock, counterclockwise direction. Here it's summer, there winter. You know this is true. You saw the bodies. I was born in an antimatter reflection of your universe, where I live good is evil and vice versa. Look at my heart. You saw the evidence from the plane. <laughs> that strength. That was very hard not to do Dragon Ball Z-wise, so I just had to do it. 
Kakarot? <laughs> Who are you? Perhaps, perhaps. I can't find it again. <clears throat> perhaps you used, to, you used to come with us, Mr. Luthor. I'll eat your children. <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping for an invitation. Miss Teschmacher, I've de- deposited $80,000 into your account. Take a nice vacation somewhere warm. And, and scene. scene. <laughs> that was great. That was a good time. Oh, man. That's, I love this. This is a good bit. I like this. <laughs> Mike Tyson as Martian Manhunter cast in live action films. You can't do, we really can't do any worse than what they've been doing for casting. Nope. Nope. Uh, cool. Right on. So now we're going to jump right into the movie itself, which is actually quite a bit different than the book. Yep. It starts off like, so something I should say, I actually, when I first saw this movie, I hated it. It didn't have anything that I liked from the book. And it was something that, and you knew this, Casey, too. I did. You going did. Going into this, yeah, that's a little BTS for you. Yeah. Who doesn't love a little BTS? Greg wanted me to pick the, the title for the episode, knowing yeah. that I would probably pick something I knew that he hated. It's true. Because I could go easy. I could go psh, under the Red Hood, yeah. Son of Batman, yeah. like any of any of these. Actually, I haven't seen Batman. any of the Damien uh, Wayne stuff yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm sure you'll be in for a. I treat will probably end up liking but them, but yeah. I knew you had seen this one because we had referenced it on another program <laughs> so many times, so many times. Because I love it. Yeah, I love it because of the voice acting. I love it just the way the story is done. Mm-hmm. I. It's got a lot of fun parallels. It's just a great, entertaining movie. You don't really need anything going in. Yep, that's true. You can just pop it in. This was when DC was like, oh, let's do a Wonder Woman movie this year. And it's like, okay. It's like, let's do a Justice League movie where they fight themselves. Like, okay. There was no holds barred. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't any continuity like there is in the DC movies now, which is a little weird. Yeah. It's a little inconsistent. It's a little weird. This was just, you know, these heroes... Here's a bunch of bad guys. Here's the story. And you just you get right into the heart of it. Yeah. And I I love it. Yeah. It it's great. It is. Um my my opinion has changed on this movie after watching it um the past couple of days. I'm so glad to hear that. Because I think my train of thought has changed. So when I'm when this whole show is about adaptations and taking the heart of something and really trying to preserve that and, and maybe changing it in one way or the other. And in, in some properties, it works really well. In other ones, it doesn't so much. This one takes the idea, the main idea that there is a parallel Earth that is the opposite of the matter Earth and really expands it from there. And nothing says this is going to be a lot different than what you read than the opening scene of this movie. So you have Lex Luthor, who goes by Lex, not Alexander, goes by Lex, escaping with the Jester, who is the Earth 2 version or the the antimatter Earth version of the Joker. And he's got a little, like, a Jester cap with three prongs. He's got, yeah. uh, like, a little staff that's got his own face on it yeah he's he's certainly i mean he's very much he's the jester he's much more serious than the joker as well and maybe that's just the scenario that they're in where they're trying to escape for their lives but he ends up sacrificing himself so that lex can leave with this uh quantum trigger he kills a version of martian manhunter who looks like the john carter kind of martians yep where they got the wide set eyes and four arms. Yeah. 
Yeah. And a version of Hawkgirl that looks like an angel. Yeah. So kind of neat. She's got a real like a flaming sword instead of a mace. Yeah, it was it was pretty neat. Like there there are some characters in here that you can look at and be like, oh, you're the alternate version of this character. And there are other ones that I couldn't quite pin down. We can we can get to it. Yeah. I'm actually looking for the scene right now so I can freeze frame it. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of escape the the crime syndicate in the movie is this pretty much the same as what the uh, in terms of the lineup is what the book is with a few exceptions. Um, you have Johnny Quick, Owlman, Ultraman, Superwoman and Power Ring and Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter dies in the first scene, but he is a part, and they reference this later in the movie, he's a part of the crime syndicate. And his name is Jed Jarkus. Which is weird. I don't know if that's a reference to him. I don't know either. It, it, I'm sure it must be. Yeah. Um, anyways, Johnny Quick has a British accent. which com- I thought he was Australian. Or Australian. He has an accent that's not American, which is not what I was picturing. It's got a European color. Yeah. Owlman is voiced by James Woods. Listen, which I'm when I first watched the movie, I was really angry about. I'm not anymore. I'm actually James, glad. James Woods is kind of a tool in real life now, yeah. um, which sucks because his he's probably the best part of this movie. Yeah, I think Owlman is he's he's definitely the character that gets the most depth. He oh, goes yeah. through an entire character arc. Yeah, absolutely. Where he's like, he just starts as this super criminal and then he becomes so consumed with the fact that none of his actions have any meaning. Yeah. And, and he resolves to destroy all life that's ever and existed. That's like one of the major things. So all these little nuances that Grant Morrison kind of put into Earth too. all of these um all these wonderful character quirks and things Reverse like that. Reverse history, good guys not being able to doesn't win. doesn't exist. And it's a it's a it's kind of it's kind of watered down in that way, but yeah, it, they they build it back up in other ways. And the the alternate Earth, the antimatter Earth, doesn't really follow the same rules. So not everyone. So most of the bad guys are good guys. But you'll still have some like creep in there, like those gray area, like Lobo, for example, is biker Lobo and biker movie. Lobo, it, like Freddie Mercury looking Lobo, village <laughs> village people looking Lobo. We love village people Lobo, <laughs> with no lines other than grunts. No. Is a member of the crime, or is one of the made men for the crime syndicate, and the made men are those who are so loyal to the crime syndicate that they get rewarded with powers, is what they say in the movie. They're super powered leg breakers. Yeah. So, like, there's some inconsistencies there, but for the most part, you'll have, and you see more of them, too. You'll see more, um, we see Green Arrow, who's um, Crimson Archer, or Crimson, I don't know, something like that. The Uh, Red Archer. I think he, according to the DC Wiki, which is usually my go-to for all things information, he's just Archer. Really? He's just Archer. Huh. Anyways. So like you'll have those. You'll see elongated man was really cool because he's got like he's like punk elongated man. He's got the mohawk and the piercings and the, the sunken. The in. extruded man is that what he's really called? Yeah, I didn't know that they had all these cool names. Apparently that it must have been like a behind the scenes on the DVD where they talk about Maybe, this. Yeah, vixen, uh, who actually vixen, turns into the animals, aka vamp. Okay, that's, that's a good name. Yeah, yeah. Black lightning, black power. 
Ooh, I like that. That's pretty good. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. There was one guy I couldn't make out who it was. He had the electric powers. I could, I didn't know. I couldn't figure out who he was. It was it Vibe? Or their version of Vibe? I don't know. I feel like it's Vibe. I wanted to say Vibe, but I don't. I like. There's nothing about his costume that said Vibe to me. Uh, the probably the sunglasses and the stupid attitude. Maybe yeah. That's, yeah. That's apparently, his name is Breakdance. And he and he is the evil counterpart of Vibe. I couldn't hate Vibe more, and then Breakdance yeah, nope. came in. Uh, they also have uh, a version of Halo from the Outsiders. They've got Katana yep. from the Outsiders. Yep. Is that? I thought that was like Cheshire, but it was Katana. The, with, oh, is it Cheshire? I thought I thought it was Cheshire because she oh, had like the same. But that was one of the things that wasn't consistent as well, is because because she's got the mask. Yeah. So like there are some things I couldn't quite make out, but there's just more of this these characters and and like Dwayne McDuffie I think had a just a blast creating yeah. these characters because he you know he didn't have to adhere to any like previous designs or anything because the designs for all the characters are new right right which like I I don't oh my god we're missing the the biggest change Superwoman is uh, a Mary Marvel analog really I didn't yeah. catch that. Oh, you did, dude. Yeah. The her henchmen are Captain Marvel, Captain. Oh, Marvel I knew. I see. I caught that, but I didn't. And Uncle think Dudley, she or whatever was, his name is. That's ooh. They never say that explicitly, but that's reading between the lines. Yeah, that's really well. Cool. Wonder Woman also fights when when Wonder Woman fights the. You you thought it was Donna Troy, right? I didn't when know she, who to think it was. To be honest, no, I knew when, it wasn't Lois. when she's fighting like in the shipyard and she fights the person that looks kind of like her, but is like a little, she it's looks just younger. like an Amazonian. Like to me, it was like random Amazonian number two that somehow oh, got okay. in this world. But it was, I, probably was Donna I, Troy or like I don't know Artemis or someone. When I first watched this movie, I thought it was Donna because okay. she looked younger. Yeah, um, but that is apparently Wonder Woman's own analog. She's not. She's not a big league player in this That's universe. Kind of funny, actually. I like that. Yeah, but Mary Marvel is this big, tall, husky, voiced by Gina Torres dominatrix. Yeah, which I am a hundred percent here for. Yeah, I, I did like some of the voice acting in this movie. Not all of it, but some of it. Um, the largest difference in this movie is the overall threat. So you'll ha- you have Lex coming to. Uh, Earth One, we'll call it, and enlisting the help of the Justice League, and there's a funny. He tries, he tries to turn himself in, which is hilarious, and, and they give him a hard time. It's like, it's like I'd like you to contact the Justice League for me, please, and they're like, or what? And he's like, I'll or destroy, I'll destroy everything. <laughs> is that suffice? Yeah, and as a, so, Lex is voiced by Chris Noth. So, for those of you playing at home. If you have a significant other that likes uh, primetime dramas, The Good Wife is what he's known for. Um, I've never seen it, but I know his other big role is Sex and the City and Law and Order. So those are that's kind of like his background. Um, apparently, he's in an episode of Doctor Who recently, too, that I have yet to watch. I honestly, scrolling through his list, I don't think I've seen anything with him in it. But this is something that's very interesting for DC because with their movies, they tend to take risks with the voices. And sometimes it pays off. Like, I think he did a wonderful job as Lex. A little wooden for me, but like, other than that, like, the it was just there. Like, the, the gravitas was there for me. Then you'll have something like Billy Baldwin as Batman, which just doesn't work on any level. 
He's he's trying too hard it's to be grizzly. Horrible. And Mark Harmon as Superman didn't really work for me either. Gina, Tor- Gina Torres and James Woods as Superwoman Great. and Owlman. And I, the- I liked Brian Bloom as Ultraman because I never thought of Ultraman as having like that tough guy mafia accent. But now <laughs> it's, no, it's all I it's hear. It's like I came from the planet Italy. <laughs> it's so good. I am un- I have displeased with your cannolis in this establishment. <laughs> I am going to destroy like, the world. Hey, so like let me let me find <laughs> let me find a line of Ultraman in the book and let me read it in that like voice let's see how that goes yeah um and, and while you flip there's he has a great line in this movie right after superman and alexander luther take on this it's lex this in the movie huge it's ass jimmy movie. olsen he's yeah. like you come to my turf <laughs> you, you beat up my, my world <laughs> i'm so, like oh my god so he goes he goes i'm not even gonna do this i don't know if i can just give it a, <clears> just a quick bit by the time it. they realize See, now I'm sounding weird. By the you time do, you, you realize the Tommy notes are fake, voice. the economy will be ruins again. And no Luthor to struggle and fail, as he always does. I'm almost bored. I love it. I'm oh, almost totally bored. And what do you works. want, Brainiac? <laughs> I love it. Are you here to spoil my day? Yeah. Um, but that's all. I'll, like It just fits so well. If, if Just imagine Superman like throwing his hands on the table. It's like. Owlman, you fuck my wife? <laughs> you, you fucking my, my wife, Owlman? Fuck you fuck my wife? <laughs> just saying it so over bad. and over again. Uh, Eyes flaring. Fucking <laughs> so, like, that's one of the things you don't think about, though, is if Clark Kent has that Midwest generic accent. A hick country boy. Right. What's of Ultraman going to have? He's going to be a fucking... He's, he's going to be a fucking New Yorker. <laughs> he's, Dustin, he's Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I'm walking here. You have uh, Josh Keaton as the Flash and Aquaman. By the way, they totally have that Aquaman is useless joke in there. They do, but he he slaps Captain Marvel Jr. on a little bit. He slaps a little kid around a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a little kid in a grown ass man's body. And did you recognize who was Green Lantern and powering? Uh, is it? I'll give you a hint. He's in pretty much everything. Is it? Is it James Arnold Taylor? No. I don't know. It's a Nolan North. What? Nolan North played Green Lantern, who was Hal Jordan in this movie. Not yes, Kyle Rayner. That's true. Um, The Flash, they don't say, but I would assume it's probably Barry. Uh, or it could be Wally, based on the fact that it's Josh Keaton. I mean, he's a he's also kind of a goofus. Yeah, so it's probably the, that the league is poking fun at. Probably Wally. Um, I think this is also before Barry came back. Oh, Am could I crazy? be. It could be. You're right. But so you'll have that right. And powering is a lot different too. He has a more sinister look than his blonde his blonde counterpart in the book. Like he's got like this weird slick back, shoulder length hair. He's very like this. The, the way he's designed is very thin, very angular. It's almost kind of like Sin- Sinestro, but not. Yeah, like it's it's very off. It's very weird. And he's balding. And he's balding. Yeah, it's like he's like if Hal Jordan he, is the Goku of this whole thing. <laughs> this is Vegeta. This is Vegeta. His armor is kind of is a little parallaxy too because he's got the shoulder pads. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So it's a good look. All the all the designs in this again, really, really great. Mm. The Justice League are in their most recognizable outfits, mm. and the Crime Syndicate gets a lot more streamlined look. Like Al Owl- Man is straight up wearing power armor, yeah, except for his helmet, yeah, for sure. Actually, uh, even then, because he gets the little breathy mask, yeah, 
It is. A, it's yes. just armor. It's more like it looks like more like Prometheus's look. Yes, is what I'll say. Oh man. Um, but anyway, so the what they also do is they kind of incorporate more characters through the president. So it's actually Slade Wilson, aka Deathstroke, is the president of this parallel. And Ravager, Earth. his the and Rose, yeah, the da- the the first daughter. Yeah, has a really unnecessary love story with Martian Manhunter. I think it's interesting that they even included it at all. Why would they? Though? Like I just, I don't just to it, fill time is all I it's can un, think of. It's it's unnecessary, but like it's it's weirdly well done. I don't I don't agree. I think it's just kind of like off. It's like you have this story moving in a direction and all of a sudden it's just like love story and I'm like he he saves her life. He he has to be her bodyguard for a while. But like he can do that without there being a love story to it. Yeah. You know, and like he like invades her mind by reading it accidentally. Yeah. Which he he knows is a violation, but he's for whatever reason compelled to and she likes it. She's into that kind of stuff, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, That was like out of everything that I could get rid of in this movie, that would be the one thing. It just for me didn't fit. It wasn't necessary. Um, The changes they make to it are drastic from the book. Like they don't have that. The one thing I love about the book, which what we're talking about is the fact that like, even though it was kind of a ruse by Brainiac, the idea that if something happens on this earth, something else happens on the opposite has happened on the other earth. So like the universe just sorts itself out eventually. That's not a thing on this, this earth. And actually the stakes are also, they become much greater, much higher. So Owl Man start, they start the same because it's like Luthor's like, I need your help. You know, my world is in ruins and these people are terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Owl Man ends up realizing there's more than one Earth and that and with that realization comes the realization that everything he does matters less with each Earth that he discovers. So he's like, on this Earth, like, I don't exist. On this Earth, fish never came out of the ocean, so there are no people. On this Earth, I made an opposite choice of what I made, so ultimately it doesn't matter. Every decision that has ever been made, ever, ever, by any person. In the history of existence, person, animal, minimal, vegetable, doesn't matter. There's an Earth for that. Yeah. So, like, if for today, I was laying in bed, I was catching up on some Marvel movies, getting ready for the summer... I had a thought of, well, maybe I'll just like watch these instead of doing the show. There's an earth where that happens. There's an earth where it's adapt this a Marvel animated universe. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be the dream? <laughs> and I'm the host. And Casey's the host. Like it's literally yeah. like all the and he realizes it and he gets so overwhelmed and so um invested and just like angry about it all that he just goes, I'm going to end. I'm going to make the one choice that actually matters and I'm going to end it all. He discovers that there is. I thought you were going to say he starts his own podcast. He starts his own podcast. (laughs) Uh, He discovers an earth that he dubs earth prime. And he realizes that every single earth is just a reflection of that earth. It stems from there. If there is a family tree, that is the top. That is the first in the lineage. And everything that came after that is a result of what was made as a decision from that earth prime. What we know from being comic book nerds as earth prime is not what we ended up seeing, which I was kind of bummed about. Yeah, it's usually the the merged earth after a crisis or our earth 
which like, is where human beings exist, which is what like who read comic books. I love that one because that's where Superboy Prime comes from, who is that's the right. only being on Earth Prime to have powers and is the and Jeff John ends up using him in the comics and in Infinite Crisis and everything as the I don't know, the main antagonist. Not a main antagonist. Well, you get that too, but the um, personified rage of angry nerds everywhere. Angry fanboy. The Every character. fan, angry fanboy. The character. Absolutely. I'm gonna be honest with you. I am so amazed that they have not brought him back in some way. Yeah, I, I am. I actually, I liked him a lot too. His character just ran his course, and then Blackest Night came and went, and he yeah, was just—he was gone. He was just gone. Yeah, I did enjoy him because he was just like original superman powerful which was amazing to see and you wanted to see him lose and he just wouldn't yeah oh man so great anyways so this earth prime that owlman finds is just a world that has been so ravaged by bad decisions and we don't know what that it is just like a crater essentially with some like vaguely building looking rock shaped things kind of in the background um, we end up having a like a nice little showdown between Owlman and Batman, and Owlman tries to set off the bomb. Batman doesn't, and Batman has, but Batman doesn't let him. Batman has the coolest line when he defeats Owlman. He goes, "You know what the difference between me and you is? I make this shit look good." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, That's he not. says he says something along the lines of, um, "We both looked into the abyss, abyss and you blinked." And you, Blake's. It's so cool. And then sends him off. Batman sends two people to their death. Yeah. he. It's actually the second one is a callback to the beginning of the movie where they're testing out uh, a teleporter on the JLA watchtower. Yeah. And they test the flash and he's and Batman's like kind of he's kind of like pulling his leg where he's like, yeah, I'm not even sure if this is going to work. And he just does it. And they reassure the flash that like he never would have done it because he knows you know, he'll never put you in danger. Yeah. And then when they need to find the frequency of Earth Prime, mm-hmm. Luthor suggests that they use the flesh. He could vibrate himself at the proper frequency and then they could just jump through. Mm-hmm. And Batman's like, no, you're not fast enough. I know your limits. So he just lets Johnny Quick hop in and like think he's being like a glory stealing hound. Yeah. But in fact, the process super ages Johnny to the point where he just drops dead. Yeah. And Johnny's okay with it. Yeah. He's like, you uh, you got me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Which is, like, amazing. <laughs> you played me, you wanker. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> he, Johnny was really cool. Like, once I got over the fact that he had, wasn't American, like, for whatever reason, I just assumed he was American. Yeah. Um, And that I did end up really liking him because he's, you know, one of the characters that ends up... Him and Ultraman actually end up betraying Owlman because they're like... I don't want my earth to blow up. They thought they were, he was building a bomb to blackmail, not blackmail to like have a nuclear standstill with everyone. Just being like, now you're ours. You have yeah. nukes pointed like, at like me. We spent $36 billion in, in government bribes all over the world. Yeah. Like we're over this. Yeah. So like, there was that superwoman ends up being just as crazy as Owlman and the perform. I can't like stress enough the performance of James Woods Owlman. It just fit. It's, it's so ice cold but there's just this seething i hate everything yeah and i hate that my life has amounted to this like in his voice and you know what's really funny too what he was probably phoning it in yeah you know what he probably was he probably was but just but it worked. i don't know 
It fucking works. Listen, it's no Hades. Like, no. Hades is James Woods operating at like 150%. Well, that's like, he's just being James Woods at that point. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was pretty good. It was a lot, it was a lot more subdued. And maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it was such a powerful performance for me because it captured everything about the character. He becomes a little more unhinged, just, but it's all just, he's like a man, like, like Batman, who is a man who's one bad day away from being no better than his villains. Mm hmm. Alman is just constantly on edge because he is a terrible guy and he knows it, but it's like he could be so much worse. Hmm. There's that great line where he's fighting Batman and Batman's like, he's trying to like reason with him and he's like, I'm sure you were a good man once. And he's like, no, yeah. never good. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm only human. And I'm like, whoa, he has lost it. A oh, fun little bit of trivia for this movie is it was originally went by a different name. It's originally going to be called Justice League Worlds Collide. Um, and not as cool. Not as cool, right? Dwayne McDuffie's script was commissioned for a planned uh, directive video feature, which this was in 2004, and it meant to bridge the two, two and three or seasons two and three of the Justice League cartoon. So this was meant to be like an intermediary for the Bruce Timm stuff. Ah, originally, just for those of you at home who haven't seen the Justice League oh, cartoon, please. first of all, go. Yeah, it's amazing. because it's great. Yeah. And while you should watch things like Batman, the animated series before you watch it, you don't really need to. Yeah, you could just leap in and, and do it. The Justice Lords are the kind of crime syndicate equivalent of the animated series. Yeah, they're That's not true. evil per se, but they're a Justice League who decided to rule their Earth. So that there would be less crime and less fighting rather than, you know, be a reactive force against things happening. Mm -hmm. And they do a two part storyline called A Better World where they visit and they clash and they sort of trade places. So if if McDuffie was writing this in 2004, this would have probably been a couple of months, maybe after this episode of the Justice League animated series that was running at the time, mm -hmm. which if you haven't seen it, go, go see, see it. it, please home listener because yes. it's probably the most distilled version of dc comics you'll get mm -hmm. until justice league unlimited which just takes it to a whole nother level yeah but a better world features their own version of the crime syndicate called the justice lords which are less evil and more authoritarian the justice league decides to take over their world and rule it rather than be a reactive force against crime and supervillainy. Mm. And they also brainwash people um, <laughs> by giving them yeah. heat vision lobotomies. It's true. Very dark, yes. dark side-esque. Yeah. yeah. So I almost wonder if once they did this in this show, plans were scrapped for an, an adjunct movie, unless it was like the revenge of the Justice Lords. Yeah, I don't know. Which we never actually got. Yeah, that's true. So, obviously... The voice actors were a lot different than what we were both envisioning when we were reading this. Yeah. Um, do you, with the exception of James Woods and the exception of, what's her face? Gina Torres. Gina Torres. Do you like the rest of it or would you have rather they stuck with a more traditional route? I would say all the characters sound as, probably as good as they could except for Batman with the exception of Batman who is just trying a little too hard yeah he has he has his moments like it's definitely a Batman voice but it's the same kind of Batman voice you would expect 
from a kind of person who's like, oh, I do a totally sick Darth Vader impression. Yeah, that's a good way. Where to it's it. like it's close, but it's not quite there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, he's trying too hard in some cases, and like for for me, when Batman talks with like it hinges on that first line, and if they don't nail that first line, I've pretty you're much, not sold. I've written them your off. disbelief is shattered. It's just gone. And this is an actor in a Batman. Suit. <laughs> this is not Batman. This is a guy in hockey pads. Yeah, cool. Being so, taking our personal biases out of this how much we enjoyed the movie and and the book itself and we should remind you that this entire show exists because we love the source material more than anything it's true how faithful is the movie to the book uh not very yeah it's it's really it's not a successful adaptation no but as far as when it comes to an adaptation as we both well know Mm -hmm. You can't have everything. That's true. You've got to take the best elements of what you got, put it in a way where audiences can receive it, and receive it in a way that doesn't seem too complicated, hard to understand, and is entertaining above all else. Mm -hmm. So you take the main concept of having an evil version of the Justice League, you put them in a scenario where both of their worlds are at risk, and that is a descriptor for the comic as well as the movie. It's true. It's very true. That's but that's putting it that's really stripping it down. That that's like that's like bare saying, bones. That's like saying a Ferrari and a Kia are both cars. Yes. Like that's like they both have four wheels well, and a windshield. And they get you from point A to point B. However, there's a lot of details in there that are quite different i feel like a a better comparison would be it's two it's definitely two cars made by the same manufacturer okay like like they're both chevys okay i don't know enough about cars to go further yeah i mean wait this is a bad analogy all right so you've got the batman returns batmobile and you've got the batman the animated series brick batmobile they're both batmobiles they're both batmobiles and they both have cool accoutrements but But one is very different than the other yeah probably put your eye out um, which do you enjoy more, the book or the movie? I actually, for as much depth and cool little comic booky gimmicks are in the comic, yeah. I do prefer the movie. Really? I do. Interesting. Yeah. I so I prefer the book for those cool little details, those little like between the lines kind of things that you have. To, the fact that Ultraman is just throwing counterfeit bills carelessly. <laughs> He's such a dick. He's like, it's amazing. But I will say I do like Owlman better in the movie than the book. Yeah. At, hands down. He's just like in, in the book, he's like fine. He's ruthless, but he's, you know, he's not anything extraordinary. This is I some caveman level brain thing I'm about to say. Yeah, yeah. Because look, comic books have literary merit. And yeah. I hate when people say that they're for kids or, you know, that painting them as graphic novels is, like, just to make them prettier for a bookshelf. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that there's real merit in serialized storytelling with pictures and words. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted the Justice League to fight the crime syndicate. And you don't get that no. in the comic book story. That's true. You get a little bit with, with Aquaman and Martian Manhunter fighting... But I think that's kind of like the point is like 
they can't really exist in the same place at the same time. Like I don't I I would like to ask Grant Morrison what would happen in his mind if Ultraman punched Superman. Oh, would they just explode? Would they just like explode? Right? Like because that's some Grant Morrison shit right there. Yeah. Like the so like when I first read this book, it took me a lot longer to get through than it did when I reread it for the show. Right? Like it took me I don't know, like one sitting an hour or two max to read. It's a this. lot to take in. It is. It is. But like I think it's because like you already have that one go through, so you know what the story is gonna be. And even though it's been a while since I read it, like I got to take in more of those smaller details. Um, like the fact that in that same panel of Ultraman throwing money out, uh Brainiac is just kind of like in a stereotypical villain pose, rubbing his hands. Yeah. Like that's something you really pick up the first time around. Like he's still scheming over there. And he's not even hiding it. I don't. I can't say that I've ever read a Grant Morrison script for a comic, but I have mm. read an Alan Moore one. Yeah, and I get the sense that everything that's on panel is deliberate. Okay, and whether whether you've noticed it or not, there's not just it's not just like draw a background. You know, there's a shot of Superman flying through the crime syndicate headquarters, and there's the antimatter kryptonite thing. The cage with Titano in it that later comes into play at the end of the story. Mm. But there's also three jars with like superhuman skulls in it. There's somebody in like a like an open glass coffin. Yep. Yeah, you yep. know the um Jake Eric's head or that Earth's yeah, Jake Eric. They, they or apparently helmet. have one of the like a previous Johnny Quick's helmet. Yeah. I I presume you yeah. know. But you know, there's there's all these like little nuances yep. in this, and that is something that's hard to put in an animated film. You know, you know what's funny? The giant key is there for the Fortress of Solitude. There's eight, in 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 that panel. It's in the right hand side. If it's the same one, it's Ultraman, not Superman. Or if it's oh, the same one, I think I'm see right I didn't next even, to the I helmet. Think I missed that one. Grant Morrison loves that giant key. God, the, listen, you. Do, how do you feel about? It? Do you like it? The giant it's key. Silly? It's stupid. I love it. It's so stupid. <laughs> but like it's one of those things where I I like the modern era stuff more than like the golden age and silver age stuff. Yeah. For sure. Uh and that's just a personal preference. Like the ridiculousness of that has its place for sure. Like I love it when it's in like the Venture Brothers, for example. But yes. like in when it's trying to be serious, I it's too much of a suspension of disbelief disbelief for me. Right. It should be enough that Superman is just an alien who came here in a rocket ship. He doesn't need a giant crystal fortress that with a with I an don't over even, comically sized door. I don't even mind the, the fortress. It's just the key. Because like okay. it's also in Antarctica. Like who's yeah. going to like stumble upon that in Antarctica? I'm sure some intrepid supervillain would love to show And up he on gets Superman in there all the time without the key anyways. Yeah. So like dive underwater. Drill underneath. What's the point? What's the point? <laughs> um, the art style was not the same in the no comic or that's that's tough to do though. Uh, I was gonna bring a point about the background details and that in, in animation you've okay. got hundreds of people working yeah. on this. You've got the individual animators, whether they're outsourced or homegrown. You've got character designers. You've got background painters. You've got storyboard people. Mm -hmm. Like it's a it's a production. Now yeah. a comic book is a production too, but you've got one guy doing pencils. Um I'm assuming Quietly did his own inks on this book because there's nobody credited. Yeah, it's gotta be um you have uh Laura Dupuy and Wildstorm doing colors mm -hmm. on this book. You have a letterer, Kenny Lopez so there's at least 
one, two, three, five people putting this together, not counting, you know, production, printing, yeah, yeah. editors, that sort of thing, who are all credited in here too and have all done great work. Don't just because we're not naming them doesn't mean that they're not, you know, yeah. as worthwhile. Yeah. But there's a reason that the writer and the artist are the biggest names on the front of the book. That's true. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. But this is, it's a much smaller, tighter community of people working in the industry. And it's also on one product. There's a lot less people. So mm -hmm. there's, it's way more focused. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Um, but like, then they try in another animated feature that may or may not be on the show in the Perhaps. future. Yeah. Um, they do try to mimic that art style a little bit. I think I know which one you're going to say. All-Star. Oh, I was going to say The Killing Joke. Oh, yeah. They, uh, killing Joke is they try to get it close to like a Brian Bolland, Kevin Nolan kind of yeah. art look. Well, you could also say the same for Under the Red Hood, but that's just Doug Mank who. Yeah. Like, well, he draws big. He draws some big boys. Yeah, but like he's great. And we'll, if anyone ever picks that episode, we'll I'll talk about it a little bit more. But he's great at adapting to the style of the times. Yes. Is what I've noticed about him. So that's kind of cheating. Be like, oh, yeah, like this looks exactly. It's like, well, yeah, because he adapts. That's just what he does. Yeah. Um, All-Star Superman is pretty good because you can tell from the lips right away. Yeah. What it's based on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Listen, that may sound weird to you, but read the comic <laughs> and watch that also. And you'll see exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. What would you give? Let's rate it. Want to rate it? Okay, let's rate I it. I want to rate it. Want to rate it? Let's rate it. I'm giving the comic an eight out of ten. Okay. It gets a lot of points for originality. Yep. Attention to detail. Yep. It's a done in one story, which I think is great. Oh yeah. Uh, it loses points because it's really tough as an entry level sort of thing. If you right. haven't read anything with the Justice League before, this is definitely not no. You'd the be book to get you'd be fairly with. lost. As for the film, I give it a, a 9 out of 10. Wow. Yeah. It's, listen, it's a ride from start to finish. Okay. Like Greg said, the only real lull that I can think of is either exposition about things happening. There's a lot of techno babble stuff mm -hmm. in there that you might like zone out on. And of course, the Martian Manhunter, Rose Wilson relationship thing, which is kind of thrown in there it doesn't bother me so much but i can see how it might detract you from yeah the rest of the film which has all these other interesting concepts yeah but both very very high quality well done stuff in my opinion which is why i picked it yeah uh for me i'll agree with the book rating eight out of ten for sure um almost the same reasons the attention to detail the um the fact that ultraman's such a dick and like those little ideas of this is how these it's world building. This is how these worlds operate. They are impossible to operate outside of these metrics, essentially. The movie gets a much lower score for me. Not like it's not horrible. I enjoyed the movie, but like a lot of the voice acting was pretty wooden. Um, the didn't have those smaller nuances that I appreciated, but it gets points because Owlman is awesome and he steals the show. He steals the show and like his snapping essentially is wonderful to watch his him going from 
oh, I'm just like a crime lord to I'm going to be the destroyer of all of existence and everything ever made ever is just a a ride to see. You think that's a big scale thing for somebody like Darkseid, but nope. Yeah, man. And that's like that's absolutely right. Like that's usually something you'll see with like in like a space villain of some kind. Like a Thanos type or a dark side type or, you know, there's the same type. Um, but no, it's just Owlman, a kid from the streets of Gotham. We presume. We don't know if he's actually Thomas Wayne Jr. in this. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to give this movie. It's like a six and a half. Oh, like seven. If the wind's blowing the right way. Yeah. Listen, that's good enough. If you've got a DC Universe subscription. Hey. Pop it in. Hey, this movie is available to watch on the DC Universe subscription. No, I don't get any money for telling you that, but I do think it's a pretty good service if you're really like into these kind of things, and I'm assuming you are because you're listening to the show. I ended up watching it on DC Universe. The book is not available on there, but I'm sure you could find it at your local library. Or, hey, if you're listening to the show, it's a Wednesday. You might be driving to your comic book shop. I'm sure they have a trade paper bag there of, of this title. I think they actually have it in two formats. They got really? the original where it was a regular trade paperback, and I think they have a hardcover, like a go. nice little prestige kind of, uh, yeah. kind of version. So we, we both recommend you definitely pick up the comic. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. If you can find the movie like uh, through a streaming service that you don't have to like, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would pay to own this movie, but it was fun to watch it again. Yeah. For sure. And, and it gave you a new appreciation. It for did. It. it changed my mind. That doesn't happen very often. The things that you liked that I didn't at first, and my mind has changed. This is the second one that happened. Captain America was the. There you go. I liked Captain America originally, and now I think it's even better because I rewatched it. What uh, can I say? I've, I'm a silver tongued devil. You're such a trendsetter, is what you are. <laughs> uh, Casey, thank you so much for being on this, this particular episode. Yeah. Um, Remind the people where they can find you. You can find me in the same place you can find some of what Greg does. Me. The <laughs> Bad Coyote Funky Podcast. That's badcoyotefunky.com. All one word. Slash podcasts. Or twitch.tv slash badcoyotefunky. We go live most Thursday nights, usually at 9 p.m. Right around then. Sometimes we're a late start. We got to do some tech stuff, but... Yeah. It's pretty consistent. Yeah. It's a good nerd news roundtable kind of a show. If you like the kind of thing that you heard tonight with all kinds of other things happening in movies, comics, film, television, you name it. What's in the news? What's happening? Movie reviews right now in your face. That's the show to listen to. Right on. And with that, everyone, uh, thank you so much for tuning in on this particular episode. Until next time, we'll we'll see see you in in the the funny funny pages. pages. Adapt This, a DC Animated Universe podcast, is a proud part of the Geek Generation Network. Be sure to check out all of the wonderful podcasts at thegeekgeneration.com.